0: The summer of 2023 confirmed what we've been telling you all along, that the future for the Cincinnati Reds is so bright, we need sunglasses. You are locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: You are Locked on Reds, your daily source for all things Cincinnati Reds. I'm Stephen Offenbaker, and he's Jeff Carr with his Ellie De La Cruz shades. And we love baseball. We love these Cincinnati Reds. We've taken that love of the game, and we have turned it into information for you. Locked on Reds is part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. On today's podcast, we are going to be talking about when everything began to change in 2023. That's June baseball in Cincinnati. We're going to take a look back at who was hot, who led the way, and who might not have gotten enough credit for what they did during that part. Of the season. Before we get into any of that, I want to shout out the sponsor of today's podcast, Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code LOCKED ON MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Uh, You know what else was guaranteed, Jeff? That was exciting baseball in the month of June in Cincinnati. Uh, I was in town for the beginning of that. You and I had some adventures down at Great American Ballpark. We got to see a couple of really cool things there at the beginning of the season, and it was really a springboard. It carried over all of the things that started happening there in May, where we talked about Matt McClain coming up and the energy changing and everybody kind of coming along for that ride. And then June happened, and this team just skyrocketed.
0: Yeah, and it was funny because that month as a whole was really a roller coaster. When you look back on it, because in my mind, I think of June of 2023. I do think of that—that—that that, that was kind of the culmination of everything we've been saying. We've been telling everybody. Look for 2024, and as much as we were really excited that they could have made the playoffs this year, that's what everybody has been looking forward to is 2024. June was kind of the jumping-off point to that. We are going to look back on June of 2023 and say, that is when everything was set up. But it's funny because I don't remember this, but looking back on it, the month actually started with four straight losses. They got out of Boston with a loss, then they got swept by the Brewers, And once again, and we asked the question when we were talking about Matt McClain, was that move born out of, yes, this is the move the Reds need to win, or we're just really hoping anything works at this point. They started doing it again because after that four game losing streak, Andrew Abbott gets called up on June 5th. You and I were in attendance. Ali De La Cruz gets called up and makes his debut. And, and he makes his debut on June 6th. We were in attendance. And then June 7th, you had that Will Benson walk-off that, that that's going to be a thing in and of itself. When you look back and you think on some of the moments of 2023, you, you say the Will Benson walk-off, and you can picture him slamming the bat down, just pumped up, screaming back at the Reds' dugout, so fired up. That was really when everything just blew up
1: And and went crazy. You know, that that week, that week, you're absolutely right. I remember the losing streak because we were at a bunch of those games. And Mm -hmm. then Andrew Abbott comes up, and I was excited to be in the ballpark for that. But then, you know, I actually left town the next morning. And headed up to Springfield, I was getting ready to start uh, getting things wrapped up to come back home. And then uh, as I'm driving into Springfield, I get texts from you and uh, our buddy Dave Pemberton. Like, they called him up, we're going to the game, come back. And I whipped it around and came back. And I'm so glad that I did because, you know, we can look at the month of June. But I think we can specifically look at June 6th, the Ellie De La Cruz call-up game. When all of Cincinnati bought in the, the, the energy that was in great American ballpark that day. You know, I've said this before, Jeff, I've never experienced anything like that during a regular season Reds game. I've never felt the stadium feel like it did that night. And with so many people there and that energy, I think that also, is what brought a lot of people back to this team. Up until that point, we still had a lot of people saying, I'm not coming back as long as there's a Castellini. I'm not coming back until they do something. I'm not coming back. There was a lot of that. And a lot of that started to go away starting on June 6th. And that energy surrounding Ellie de la Cruz. I skimmed back through and I was looking at our episodes from back then to kind
0: of like get a feel for what we were saying and, and what was going on and how we were perceiving it. And I had mentioned because I was walking around the concourse because the day he debuted was actually a three, two, one Tuesday, and I was going to go get a refill. And I just remember that, you know, Joe Houston announced well, Ellie De La Cruz coming up to the bat and everyone on the concourse immediately like tried to find a spot for themselves to watch it wherever they were standing on the concourse. It was almost as if, and everyone would stop and watch, it was almost as if, like, it was the national anthem or something. Like, they were paying that much attention to him on his first night. And of course, he doubles, he has a couple of walks. Then his next game, he hits his first career home run. Both games overshadowed by the fact that they were walked off. His first game was Matt McClain walk off. His second game was Will Benson's walk off. And it was just such a magnificent time. And it really sparked because then they lose back to back games. They lose one to the Dodgers, one to the Cardinals. And then they go on the 12 game winning streak that sees all manner of shenanigans, including and, and And I said I wanted to talk about this, and we are definitely going to be talking about it later on um, in more detail. But including the Ricky Karcher game, including so many amazing – like Joey Votto coming back and homering on his first game. There was so many memories just in the month of June and how everything changed for this team. Think about this, Steve. On June 10th, when they went into the ballpark right before their 12-game winning streak started, they were four games out of first place. And at the end of that winning streak, there were a game and a half ahead in first place. That was such a wild ride within the month that was June, and the just euphoric feeling that for once we haven't had a euphoric
1: feeling about baseball in a long time in Cincinnati, and June brought that. No, it and it you know, it's funny because we always had this debate. Is Cincinnati still a baseball town? Is Cincinnati a Bengals town now? Like what what kind of town is this? And that energy that started on the 6th with Ellie's call-up and then the 12-game winning streak, we were very quickly reminded that Cincinnati was, is, and probably always will be baseball first because – the, the town gobbled that up as soon as the Reds showed them a little bit of something. And I think that that energy from the fans, and we've heard players talk about this, uh, players on this team talk about this, that they fed off of that energy. And it, it became this reciprocal relationship between the players and the fans. and that component has been missing for a long, long time in Cincinnati. And, and these June performances, this, this, uh, this success from all of these young, talented players, uh, I think really fueled the return to the love of the game for the fans in Cincinnati.
0: I just got chills thinking about that, that Atlanta game, the very first game of that series. when there was like 40,000 screaming fans there, and that was the game that they won the only game against the Braves that they won at at that season. But, Just such a phenomenal, phenomenal streak. And I I really feel like, and I'm not saying that they're never going to lose a game next season, but I really feel like we're going to feel a lot more games like that next year than the games that we saw in April, you know, like the lowest attending game in great American ballpark history and things like that. June is what is more the feeling that we're going to get as the future rolls along because June really set the reds on track for the bright future that we have been hoping for, and that we've been saying over the last couple of years, but you know, with all this amazingness, we have to, we have to boil it down because what is sports without arguing about things? So what was the best development of the month of June? We're going to argue about that coming up next. Before we do that, though, I want to tell you about one of today's sponsors, and that is FanDuel. FanDuel's got so many amazing offers for you when it comes to promotions and things like that. And with October baseball just rolling on, we got Game 7 in the NLCS. We had Game 7 in the ALCS last night. We got the World Series just around the corner. Now is the best time to get on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Join FanDuel today and you could get $200 in bonus bets after your first $5 wager. Whether you win or lose, you're guaranteed that $200 in bonus bets. Just visit fanduel.com slash locked on and create your new account. Then you can get in on the action from first pitch to the final out. You can take prop bets, money lines, over-unders, all that great stuff. Uh, And if you don't want to wait for the game to end, they've got amazing live bets and quick bets and things like that. Bets on the next at bat, even. Game seven. I already said it. Game seven. Two of the best words in the English language when you put them together. The over-under for the Phillies and the Diamondbacks tonight is eight and a half, Steve. I don't know. I know we got some pitchers on the mound here, but... uh,
1: There's always those those game seven shenanigans that make me wonder if they'll get that high because game sevens is when you see starting pitchers coming out of the bullpen and you see all kinds of things that you don't get to see all season long. And, and I'm there for it. So I, I don't know how I would take that bet. You know, FanDuel, FanDuel makes it easy, but in this regard, I don't know which direction to go.
0: I think, you know what I'm going to say? I know what take, take the over. over. And you can put $5 on that over and you're going to get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed, whether I'm right or wrong so check it out today it's fanduel.com slash locked on sign up today new users get that 200 bonus bets back after the first five dollar wager you can make every moment more with fanduel official sports betting partner major league baseball and thanks as always for making locked on reds your first listen of the day and if you're watching here on youtube click that like button we really like it when you click the like button give us the thumbs up there and click that subscribe button and the bell and all that good stuff to get notified because we're going to be with you here every single day talking Reds baseball all throughout the offseason as we get ready for what's going to be an electric 2024 and speaking of every day coming up tomorrow we are going to look at the stretch run that ultimately didn't breed a playoff appearance but we're going to look at what the 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 experience that the Reds got that's going to help them for the future but Steve I want to look at the biggest developments of June and July because this stretch run for the Reds was so pivotal that there were so many different performances to shout out it's really hard to just pick one.
1: It is. As a matter of fact while we were prepping for this I kept looking at numbers going, did you know that this guy did this thing and did you know that that guy I mean it kept it kept surprising me because some of the some of the numbers were pretty astronomical and and in the moment I think we, it was easy for us to overlook what some players were doing. And we're going to get into that coming up in the next segment. Uh, we were so you know, captivated by Ellie De La Cruz stealing all the way around the bases and going home or hitting for the cycle or what Matt McClain was doing that we overlooked a couple other guys that really were kind of driving the ship of the offense, you know, quietly in the background.
0: Yeah, and I really think it's, it's hard to distinguish between these two dudes because their performances at the plate and in the field were so amazing but between matt mcclain and will benson the offense went like as much as ellie de la cruz was so much fun to watch and the different things that he did like will benson and 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 we marveled over this uh in, in prep but for the months of june and july when you put these two months together he played 46 games will benson did He had a 313 batting average, a 425 on base percentage, and he slugged 609 in two months. This was the guy that everybody was like, oh my goodness, he's a waste of a roster space because he went one for 42 in the months of April and May. And then he comes back and he says, boom. And that walk-off home run that he just slammed his bat into the ground was kind of his way of just saying, what now? I
1: got this. It was this part of the season where your little one man pumper car started to really get overcrowded for the Will Benson fan club (laughs) because you know, it it was your, it was your, uh, Jeff Carr was right. And everybody else was wrong moment. And I, and I give that to you because Will Benson ended up being the guy you thought he was. And it it looked shaky there for a minute, but you never lost faith. I give you a lot of credit for that. And, And Will Benson delivered and got things done the month of June for me. Um, you know, I've been trying to figure out who was going to be my next favorite player. Uh, my favorite player was Barry Larkin growing up. And then that turned into being Joey Votto. Uh, A lot of similarities. I played first base. I wore number 19. He plays first base. He wore number 19. Joey Votto was my guy, but you know, we started to see the writing on the wall several years back. His time was running out. So, I've been in the market for my next favorite player. And June of 2023 is when my next favorite player established himself. And that was Matt McLean. In his first full month uh, in the big leagues, he hit 287, 333, 548. But some of his other numbers, you know, you can look at his slash line and be like, wow, that's pretty good. But 19 RBIs in the month of June, five home runs in the month of June. And it's not just home runs, Jeff. He had four triples and seven doubles that month. He was smacking the ball all over the ballpark. And it didn't take long for me to look forward to every single one of his at-bats. He's just gritty. He's scrappy. He's that blue collar Cincinnati guy that we all love to have around. And a lot of times those dudes are are decent, but they're not all-star caliber players matt mcclain is an all-star caliber player that is going to be doing this for a long long time and and that month really just cemented for me that that he's my next favorite player for the cincinnati reds i watch
0: trey turner in the playoffs i watch Corey seager in the playoffs for the rangers i watch these shortstops and i and i think matt mcclain's going to be that guy matt mcclain's got the talent to be that guy and he has shown it i i really think that he stays healthy. He continues to get better. We are going to be talking about Matt McClain as one of the best shortstops or best second baseman wherever he ends up playing for the next you know five, six, seven years uh, for a while because of all of the talent that he brings to the ball field. And he really, according to Fangraphs, he led the team in war largely because he just did everything. It wasn't necessarily because of one thing. And, and while Will Benson paced the bats, Matt McClain, because of the defense that he brought, along with his bat was able to lead everybody in everything overall for that game and it was so fantastic to see the other development of course was on the pitching side of things andrew ace abbott and i said it ace though those 11 starts his first yep. 11 starts of his career 2.35 era he had more than a strikeout per inning needed to cut back on the walks a little bit but Overall, a fantastic start, and nobody was near him as far as the wins above replacement statistic go for these two months for the Reds on the mound.
1: You know, the thing with him is, of all the pitchers they called up, when he came up, there just really wasn't a lot of hype around him. I mean, he had done fine in the minor leagues, but, you know, this is not one of those when when Hunter Green was coming, everyone lost their mind. When Nick Lodolo was coming, everyone lost their mind. When Abbott came up, everybody was like, "Ah, you know, they do need a starter. I hope he does okay." (laughs) And then he was just absolutely lights out. And you know, meanwhile, he's having these starts, and they're interviewing his dad every day. And that was probably (laughs) my favorite part was every day, Jim Day checking checking in with Abbott's dad, and Abbott's dad saying, "No, he's not there yet. This isn't even his best stuff. He's he's not pitching the way he normally does." And then when he figured it out and got the walks under control, there was even like a next level there. And and it was just it was really exciting to watch in a time where there wasn't a lot of exciting starting pitching to watch.
0: And he is so different from uh, green and Lodolo and those guys, because those guys got stuff. This dude just pitches. He's just got a mind for the mound and he's able to out think opponents and out strategize them and kind of hit his spots and, and just really dissect and at bat to the point that the other hitter has no idea what's coming because he's got such a pitch arsenal that he can call upon his changeup is nasty his breaking stuff's nasty his uh, he can locate his fastball and it's amazing to watch him work he is such a treat to watch pitch and I really hope that you know I mean fatigue really settled in on him late in the season but this was where he established himself what was it it was like 18 or 19 scoreless innings to begin his yeah. career like we were starting to
1: wonder if he was ever going to give up a run.
0: <laughs> right. Like I mean he fit so well the just fire that this team had at that time and it was so much fun to see. I don't know like picking between those three things is so
1: hard for me. I think but probably but there's one more guy that we didn't really dig okay. in. We talked about Ellie's debut, but we really didn't talk about what he did for the entire month of June. Now, I That's know true. ultimately he slumped a few times and his numbers didn't finish where we really had wanted or had hoped. And I still believe he's going to figure it out. But for the yeah. month of June, he started 21 games. Jeff, his slash line was 307, 358, 523. His OPS was 881. During that stretch, he hit three home runs, six doubles, two triples, and led the team in stolen bases for the month with nine while only getting caught one time. Also, you can throw in seven walks to kind of round that out. He had a great first month in the big leagues.
0: I firmly believe he adds, like, you know, pitch recognition, a little bit better pitch recognition, a little bit better plate discipline. You're talking about. The guy that we expect him to be it's just he got to the point where he was getting a little aggressive and and pitchers understood like if they pitch him backwards they got him and then like at the time that he got used to them pitching him backwards they adjusted at the perfect time and started throwing fastballs early on the count when he was expecting breaking balls. so you you saw like he's got to learn to adjust but i think that he's going to do that because he adjusted because his last month started to look a little bit more like his first couple of weeks in the big leagues, but you're right. That month of June, I mean, that, that produced the legend that we had that if you get the man on base, good luck getting him out because you ain't going to do it unless like you get a double play that the ball like skips right to the second baseman as his foot is on the bag.
1: Yeah, we saw him do things that month, like leg out infield singles to the first baseman. We saw him do things that month that included rope-a-doping uh, infielders to pick up an extra base. You know, he, he, he did so many amazing disruptive things on the base path, and I think you're right. The pitch recognition is the next key development phase of his game. If he can come back in 2024 and be able to recognize pitches a little bit better and, and force pitchers to pitch him a little bit more true, he's just going to be a nightmare
0: yeah and with all that being said all these these amazing moments it's really hard to pick one i'd love to hear from you guys in the comments section what's your favorite development between these four guys were
1: in that month there was plenty of unsung heroes too There were. There are a few guys on this team that had amazing runs during June and July, and we didn't talk about them uh, this segment, but we're going to rectify that because they didn't get the credit that they deserved when it was actually happening. So coming up, we're going to talk about these unsung heroes of the summer. Uh, Before I get into that, though, I want to talk about the unsung hero that can get you into the ballpark cheaply, and that is game time. You can take the guesswork. Out of buying tickets with the Game Time app. This is one of those things that Jeff and I both use. We both uh, make mo- a lot of our if not all of our game ticket purchases using this app because it's just so easy to use. It shows you a total cost right there before you click any purchase button. So you know exactly what you're going to spend and you get great deals on last minute tickets. Jeff and I did this every time we headed downtown to watch a Reds game, we would go grab some tacos, wander around the Dora. And when it was getting close to time to head into the old ballpark, we'd jump on the app, scoop up a couple tickets, greatly discounted, and and then enjoy the the game and you can enjoy the game. If you haven't used this app, you can enjoy the game cheaply and get an additional $20 off because if you download the game time app and create yourself an account, use the promo code locked on MLB. And on top of those cheap prices, they're going to give you an additional $20 off your first purchase. That's almost getting to go to the game for free. So Head over to the GameTime app right now. Download it from the App Store or the Google Play Store. Create that account on the GameTime app. Use the promo code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Create your account and redeem the code LOCKEDONMLB today, $20 off. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. You can follow us in between episodes on all of the social medias. Make sure you head over to at Jeff Carr, Jeff with three F's on TikTok. Because next season, if Jeff Carr has 1000 followers on his TikTok, he will be leading a flash mob through the concourse of Great American Ballpark doing a fry box dance that he will invent. Uh We don't want to miss that. It will live in infamy. It'll get gifed. It'll go viral. A lot of things are going to happen. So make sure you head over there and do that. You can also follow us on X, Twitter, whatever we're calling it. Uh, You can follow Jeff at Jeff Carr. That's Jeff with three F's. You can follow me at S Offenbaker. That's with two F's. And you can follow the show at Locked on Reds. There's no Fs in that. Also join us over on our Discord server. There's a great community of people over there talking baseball. Uh, We've got a Bingo side channel if you want to talk a little football. We've got a gaming side channel. We've got all kinds of stuff. There's a little something for everybody on the Discord server. If you want to head over there, the link is down in today's show description. All right, Jeff. We talked about this a little bit in show prep and and discovered that there were a couple unsung heroes that probably didn't get the credit that they deserved uh, no. while it was happening during June and July. We were so fixated on the Matt McLeans and the Andrew Abbotts and the Ellie De La Cruzs uh, that there were some guys kind of quietly carrying this team on their back while everybody else figured out who they were going to be at the big league level and let's just start the conversation with unsung hero number one the viking himself jake fraley
0: absolutely because if you look at his numbers especially in the month of june he destroyed the month of june but overall for these two months 290 batting average 363 on base 565 slugging I think you'd be surprised to know that he had a better OPS plus and a better WRC plus during this period than Matt McClain did. Jake Fraley's bat was so instrumental during this streak of winning. And I think that it's easy to kind of overlook him because he wasn't a rookie. He wasn't a call up. He was a rotational guy that only hits righties and things like that, but he murdered righties. In fact, he hit more home runs than anyone on the team during these two months. He led the team. He had 10 homers during these two months of the season. And I think that as the season went along and, and, and he, you know, broke the toe, I forget, was it like the fourth toe on his left foot or something like that? Like but he that. had the fractured toe that he missed time with. And then he had to play, play through the pain because basically he has to get surgery and see either you have surgery and you're after the year or you come back and you play hurt, then you get surgery which to his credit, he played through the pain. But the reason that the Reds lineup missed him so much is because the damage that he did during this period.
1: Yeah. His, his June numbers were absolutely ridiculous. And I know you combined them there June and July, but if you look at his June, his slash line was 346, 414, 712. That all works out to a nice OPS of 1.125, which was tops on the team for the month of June. He was phenomenal. Six home runs in that month, 15 RBIs for good measure. He got five walks and stole five bases. He was just a nightmare for opposing pitchers in the month of June. And and that's the same month that Will benson blew up you talked about that a little bit earlier in the show in that same period of time he slashed 350 473 600 with an ops of 1.073 those two guys together were just absolute beasts driving this offense during a time when when the rookies were putting it together and i think what that allowed for I think that allowed some of the pressure to come off Ellie de la Cruz and some of the pressure yeah. to come off Matt McLean. And so if they had a game where it wasn't quite right, you know, these other guys were picking up the slack.
0: Well, and everybody knew Ellie was going to run. You know who else ran Jake Fraley, Jake Fraley actually had the second most steals during this time period as well. Like I, I think that there's some value to Jake Fraley that people are overlooking. He is one of your current, at least Reds fans on social media, um, one of their favorite players to be like, yeah, we could put him in a trade. We, we could trade him away. We could move on from him. Like, let's not forget, this dude was good. This isn't a guy that he just kind of, you know, puddled his way through the season. Like, we're not talking about Kevin Newman here. We're talking about Jake Fraley. He was absolutely fantastic. But you know what, Steve? As much as I love Jake Fraley, there's a singular performance, one single game, and it's a game that produced a work of art. The likes we've never seen this side of the Mississippi, <laughs> at least not in a long time, the Ricky Karcher game. And if you're watching on YouTube, you're looking at this beautiful pitch display and the spray, the spread chart and all this other stuff and where all of his pitches went these pitches that according to the pitch or the, you know, the picture of the batter in each box and all that stuff, he had three pitches that went higher then the batter's head, and he had two
1: pitches that dug up some earth.
0: This equal to save.
1: That's absolutely amazing. And I look at this spray chart, and all I can think about is that image of Kurt Casale just <laughs> working his butt off behind the plate to to try and knock these baseballs down. Like the like the, the dad trying to teach his Young son,
0: how to throw a ball, or young daughter, how to throw a ball. And he's just trying. I don't want to go run over the fence and catch it. I'm just going to try and block this any way I possibly can. Kirk Casale had so many dives. I think that more than anything is what led to him being like, you know what? I'm hurt. <laughs> I think I'm going to be like a, you know, I'm going to be on the roster, but not in the roster. You and know, honestly, what I
1: mean? <laughs> that's probably. Kurt Casali highlight of the year. Like, you know, yeah. if, we're making, if we're making his tribute reel next season, that's that's the one that's on there is him making all these catches. But before we get out of here today and, and, and get out of this segment, Jeff, there is one more unsung hero. Uh, you know, earlier in the show today, I talked about my next favorite red, but I don't think we can talk about June and July without giving one final shout out to my current favorite red he's still a current red for a little bit more days uh, and that is joseph daniel vado
0: mm. the the most craziest stat and it's a statistic we don't talk about a lot because i don't think it's like super indicative of a lot of things but it is indicative of extra base power and that is isolated power which you simply get from taking a guy's slugging percentage and subtracting his uh batting average which The idea is this kind of is like what the batting average would be if you take out singles. Joey Votto had the second highest isolated power on the team. Everyone criticized the heck out of the batting average. What they didn't realize was every time he put a ball in play, it was going for extra bases.
1: Oh, he was a beast between between him being able to put up a little bit of a power display there in his first couple months back and the fact that he was able to pretty much call his shot in yes. his first game okay. back, which I think you were at the ballpark for. Yep. That was it it was it was it was nice to see because of all of the noise that was being made. When Joey Votto was about to be activated, he's gonna disrupt the team. He's gonna break the chemistry. He's gonna ruin it, and then he just comes on and puts on a little bit of a power show. It's like a glove. And and you know there wasn't a lot of highlights to to shout out Joey Votto on during the 2023 season. But that little that little power run that that return to the big leagues, I'll take that. That was that was an unsung moment for Joseph Daniel Votto.
0: Yeah, it just felt like every other game he was coming up with a big homer in a big situation that was giving the Reds a lead or tying the game up. You know, this was this was at the height of the Rally Reds and things like this, and Joey Votto was a very key member of the Rally Reds in the way that he was able to not necessarily start the rallies, but really, you know, the rallies culminated usually in a big-time hit from Mr. Joseph Daniel Vado. and a quick shout out as well, because I think a lot of people like to remember Jonathan India's season as a struggle. And, you know, I, I think individually, he probably would have liked his season to be a little bit better, but this was a period of time where his batting average was 216, but he was second on the team in homers. He was second on the team in RBIs. And I know that we have you know, since learned that RBIs aren't necessarily the best way to evaluate a hitter. But I think it's interesting to note that like Jonathan India still had a lot of value as a power hitter at this given point in time where a lot of people were trying to like make him some kind of like, I don't know, (laughs) like he was a problem or something. Not Not in terms of Will Benson as a problem, but like he was a problem
1: for the Reds
0: and he just wasn't. That's just wrong.
1: No. And we're going to spend a lot more time talking about Jonathan India this off season, because, uh, you know, for some of you that it, it upsets you, but he may be the biggest trade piece that the Reds have heading into the winter meetings. So we are going to definitely spend some time talking about what he did well, what he didn't do well, and what we think his value is. But I think that's probably a good spot to go ahead and wrap it up for today. Jeff, that is going to do it for this edition of Locked on Reds. Thanks so much for making Locked on Reds your first listen. Every Day is coming up tomorrow. We're going to look at the final third of the season where uh, there was some promise, but the Reds ultimately came up short we'll take a look at that and what uh, they need to do to make sure that doesn't happen again heading into 2024 until then Jeff tell the people what they can expect from me and you
0: they can expect us to be all up to date on the rumors all up to date on the news the transactions the rumblings and the grumblings because we are going to be locked on reds every
1: single day I can't wait for the fry box flash mob it's going to be great I don't know how this evolved this way I thought I was just dancing here